back for two in one fucking day. Got the man Joe Bays coming on here with me in a second. Uh, before I do that, let's give some love to Liberty Ammunition, my favorite sponsor. Badass. Liberty Ammo. Uh, the only round that I carry for defensive shooting, you know, uh, I carry the 9mm Ultralight, and I 100% would bet my life on it. If you're looking for some of the best ammunition in the game, great prices. Have to wait twice the velocity. Go get their nine millimeter ultralight. Any of def- their defensive rounds are fucking amazing. Um, sorry, I'm trying to share this shit now too, so we can get lots of views for my buddy Joe. But uh, yeah, as I was gonna say, if you're in the market for ammunition, defensive rounds, any of that stuff, you have to go with Liberty Ammo. Like the only other stuff I've ever carried was the uh, Gold Dot. Same shit the cops carry in there in their uh, firearms and stuff like that. But Liberty Ammo is a local Bradenton-based company. My buddy Nick Norton's family runs it. Uh, one of my students is a great fucking guy, and his whole family is fucking amazing. I love the company. So make sure you guys show some love, show some support, because I wouldn't be doing this shit without them. So let's get on here with my guest, Joe Joey Bear Bay is coming off a win on Fight to Win. There's my fucking lovely bear. Look at you. Hey, fucking gorgeous. Up, yeah, I What's up, dude? <laughs> so, right. you have you slept yet? Me? No, not yet, but it's cool. Are you fucking serious? Honest. Man, that's that's just how it works out. All right, so tell everybody what you told me because I texted you before you matched. I'm like, how are you feeling? You're like, oh, I haven't slept. How long did you go without sleeping? It was a little bit over 30 hours, but, man, that's – it's just how it works out, you know. So you went from the coal mine, got on a plane, flew to Texas, beat a guy up thirty seconds, flew back, and you still haven't slept. Well, I mean, yeah, that night, of course, uh, after okay. it was over with, I slept. After I, you know, had a little fun, but. <laughs> so what was it like? Because they're still about doing fans, right? They're doing no fans. Um, they had a few there. I'm okay. not um. I mean, it, it was like a set amount, though. It wasn't like a packed place, you know. So I think they had like 50 fans or something like oh, that. That's not bad. That's not bad. Still got a little bit of a crowd in there. Yeah. So you subbed them in like 30 seconds. When yeah. the fuck am I going to see you like in a longer match? Well, man, I think a lot of that one had to do with him. Uh, I don't think he took me that serious, you know. That's the story I, of your fucking I, career. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't. I don't guess he has the internet or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> I guess he doesn't have the internet. <laughs> yeah. So where was this guy from? Because I didn't do any research. Like I saw you were grappling some other guy. I'm like, okay, cool. Joe's gonna win in like 30 seconds. Well, uh, he's from Colorado. I mean, I was concerned about him. I, I still think he's really good. You know, I'm. You know, not downplaying him, but like, uh, I contacted Seth at first. He didn't know that I'm up like heavy now, you know? And he was like, man, you're that heavy. And I was like, yes, I'm heavier, but I'm a different heavy than what I used to be. You know, yeah. like I, of course I'm chubby, but I put on like a bunch of muscle. And stuff yeah. Dude, now, you're looking so. fucking jacked. Well, for, for me, I am, you know, like I'm never going to be like super cut or whatever, but I got that. I don't know. Eventually, I'd like to look like one of those '70s pro wrestlers or something. But I'm, I'm right I got there a lot with of work you. Till then, <laughs> but yeah, 
Yeah. But, you know, uh, I actually had to send him some pictures of me from like a submission underground. It was like where he just knew I wasn't like, a, I don't know, a roly poly. You know, I, I am chubby, but I, you know, put on a considerable amount of muscle from what I used to be when I weighed yeah. this weight. So then he, uh, you know, th- set the match with me and this guy. And he's like, you know, he's super tough and everything. And, you know, I expected him to be, but also I looked at him and looked at his leg patterns and stuff. And I felt like I was, I was confident I could catch him. Yeah. So you're coming off like a few wins in some of the big shows. Like you were, uh, you, you got that win over Maximov at submission underground and yeah. there was something else you did before that too. I'm trying to remember what, but you, you're coming off a few wins, man. Like you, you feeling like you're getting back in the groove. Well, dude, I'll be honest with you. And, and this is just, uh, you know, people being real, like, you know, my, and maybe my head wasn't where it should have been a long time ago, you know? And, uh, when I took that uh, loss to Andrew Alexander, that was really rough on me like that. But I mean, I came back from it. So anybody wants to talk shit, fuck you. I mean, not trying to sound bad, but you know, it is what it is. But how many people you see lose like that come back, you know, you gotta be a zombie in this sometimes. Yeah, and, dude. And, I, and you know, I did my work. I didn't complain. I did, you know, I took my loss. I tried to fix my problems and, you know, uh, just, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. So I did something different and, you know, I've, you know, I'm getting a little older or whatever, but I feel like I'm, I'm still gaining around the ground. I'm getting better. So. Yeah. I mean, you, you look like you've never been better, you know, and like the thing I'm really noticing in your game is you've always had it. You've always had a good pressure passing style and good top game but now like people are so afraid of the leg lock game that you kind of get to uh show off a little bit more of your jiu-jitsu you know oh yeah for sure because um it's like this and sean hammond's actually helped me with this like he told me uh and it, and it made like a ton of sense to me but um he was like you your passing will make your leg locks 50 times more effective and the same goes for your passing so now, uh, dude, sometimes it can be really hard to, and you know what I'm talking about, sit back on people because their defense is so good and everything. you got to cook them a little bit. you got to wear their hips out. And, and, you know, this is not me trying to talk bad, but sometimes our, some of the leg lock guys are, you know, not, you know, used to pressure and stuff. And so, you know, a few people have really rolled with me trying to pass and stuff, and they'll get the, like, you know, I can generate a decent amount of pressure. And I'm able to cook people before I set back for their leg, and it's a lot easier to catch it then for me. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And something uh, I remember the first time you came down, or now the first time, it was right before that match with Ian Murray when you were down at 155. One of the uh, local black belts was like, you know, what really makes Joe dangerous is the fact that even when he's small, he has that that pressure from being a big guy. Like you know how to distribute your weight, you know, yeah. and that's not something that a lot of people really figure out especially the smaller guys they always they're trying to move and they're trying to like just tire people out they don't really know how to sit and cook like you're saying and that's i think that's one of the most underrated things about your game because i've seen you put some fucking pressure on people and i felt you put some pressure on me like that is one of the fucking scariest things like yeah your leg locks are fucking scary but your pressure is something else yeah um i mean it's it's one of those things you know it's a it's nice to have that too but i mean you know what i'm talking about like if a guy, that's why I like playing deep half so much, is because you can kind of absorb the pressure 
and you can kind of be lazy a little bit. Um, but man, like all other guards, when you're doing the the flat passing, is like just you, you know, like it, it, you just eat that pressure. And I try to stay real moving, even though I know I may get a little tired. There, I don't care what kind of condition they're in; they're getting tired, like a lot yeah. more than I am. Yeah, it makes sense. And so you got. Is it this weekend or next weekend, the Bigfoot coming up? Um, this weekend, man, I got a really tough fight for it. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if you know who Joshua Bolin is. Yeah, I, believe yeah, I saw the poster. Yeah, uh, he won Master World's uh, Heavyweight. Um, not Nogi or Master World. Masters won Heavyweight Nogi at Black Belt last That's year. Badass. So, That's I mean, a fucking good match. Yeah, man. It, I have nothing negative to say, man. It's going to be a war. You know, it's it, it's one of those you're just like, man, this is going to be a tough fight to win. Those are the ones you want, though. Like, I'm trying to push myself to evolve and stuff. But, you know, I really want to catch him. I really, really want to submit him. So, um, you know, it, we'll see what happens, I guess. He, he's tough, though. A really good dude, too. So what's the what's the rule set for that match? Um, man, we do it kind of like Abu Dhabi. Um it's like a eight minute match. The first five minutes uh, are no points, and then the last three minutes are points. But if it goes to referee's decision, no points are scored. The referee has the final say. There's no overtime. So, you know, if somebody's unhappy, they shouldn't let it go to um, you know, go to the decision. So, yeah, dude, that's the I like that mentality about yourself because we talk about it a lot. Because you're you got a match coming up for Sapatero under EBI rules, and like. I know you're not a huge fan of the overtime, but you said it over and over again. Like if you can't finish it in regulation, that's on you. You know, you fucked oh, up. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And I, I feel like that's something that's kind of in any rule set. I feel like that's something that's lost on the newer generation. Or these guys, they all want to compete in their specific rule set that they like, and they don't like these competing outside of the comfort zone and they're going to constantly bitch about the overtime rules or like the point rule set. Like your job is going there and submit people. Like if you don't fucking do that, that's your fault. You know? Oh yeah. Like, man, if I don't finish someone, I'm fucking pissed. Yeah. Like I, I, I think a lot of people realize that like, man, I'd, I'd rather get finished than not finish someone like it. I don't want to win by points. I don't want to win by that overtime stuff or whatever either. I won't, you know, I've, lost every time i went to overtime so yeah that, you're really a killer killer be killed kind of guy you know yeah for sure i mean that's just my my expression of jiu-jitsu maybe it's not the best maybe i should maybe change it for you know like winning purposes but man i don't know it's just something about the kill yeah know? no dude i get it i'm the same way like i'd rather i was thinking about last time last few times i've competed it's like i just don't give a fuck about points you know like Oh no! It's and Chill said something about it too. He's like, he wanted to. He's got a motivational video on YouTube from years ago talking about how he wants to be known as a tough guy. And the tough guy is the guy that doesn't matter if he's down by ninety nine points or up by ninety nine points. He's still going for the kill no matter what. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, essentially, that's all that matters. I mean, like if um, you know, it's kind of hard to do these kind of matches. I know they did with uh, Kyle and uh, Gordon just recently, but. If we were to do like an old type, you know, old school catch wrestling type deal, like where you just went until there was a, a, you know, a definite winner, like by submission or whatever, then man, it, it would go forever. But typically, when you have no time limits, you see that they don't go that long. I mean, 
I know that's kind of weird. Now, me saying that, there'll be somebody will do it, and there'll be a match go like twelve hours or something. But yeah, it's crazy because I remember Aguzi with Grappling Industries was running that only submission only tournament for a while, and he said his like average match time was like about five minutes. You know, so like you do have those matches that go for hours, but you also have matches that end in thirty seconds, and it averages out to be about five minutes each match. You know, so. I mean, it makes sense to me. So I got a question here from Ruben, and this was actually something I was going to ask you too. He was talking about which one's more fun when you compete at a 55 or heavyweight. As a smaller guy, he says, I can imagine having fun. I couldn't imagine having fun with those big fuckers. So, like, dude. Oh, bigger guys are easier, man. Bigger guys are easier. That I mean, a bunch of them be like, what What are you saying? No, man, I'd rather go. I mean, don't get me wrong. You're top of the top. If this makes sense, you're top of the, like, top like gordon ryan of course he's the best but the ones under him are not that close to him now when you get down to 55 every fucking body is tough man they like everyone you'll hear guys you've never even heard of and they will give you wars like yeah. it's not that way at heavyweight yeah that's true yeah. and I, I definitely think especially now we're seeing like that older generation come through and i mean you're part of that old generation but i feel like you you still stay relevant. A lot of these older guys in the sport, they, they're not competing as much as they used to. They're trying to pick and choose, you know? So like that old guard, especially at heavyweight starting to die off and we don't really have a new guard coming up yet. Like, yeah, we do have the Nikki rods and a few of them, but yeah. like that next wave is still kind of coming. It's going to take a while. So that, that heavyweight division is going to be kind of shallow for a while, I think. Yeah. Especially for our um, type of, you know, the submission only stuff, which I, you know, I'm I'm not going to go into because that's a whole different conversation, the IBJJF and everything. But for me, this is the purest form. How many uh, world champions in IBJJF do you see get broke off? Like, I'm not trying to sound bad, but just like last weekend, what what happened in under a minute? Yeah, you know, it's it's a common thing. It's just because of a simple rule change. Which how can you be an OG world champion and not deal with heel hooks? You know. I mean, my next guy, I think, is very fluent with heel hooks and stuff, so it's not going to matter. It's going to be a tough fight regardless. But a lot of them not training them, I just don't understand it. Yeah, 100%. I don't get it either. Like, I, To me, it's like it goes back to like self-defense versus sport debate too. It's like, do you want to be the black belt that can't deal with being punched in the face? It's the same thing. If you don't know how to defend yourself against strikes, you don't know how yeah. to defend yourself against heel hooks. Like, are you really a fucking black belt? Well, I mean – you know, and this is a question for you, I guess. Uh, does it bother you that there's guys that are black belts today that have never been punched in the face? Man, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to – I mean, at, at least somebody should, like, taste their own blood while they're going for a submission, man, to see what – Yeah, I don't know. Even if it – you got to hit each other, man. Do that. I mean, I'm not trying to sound bad, but you can look at me and tell I've had hell beat out of me yeah. over my life, but – yeah, I used, to, I used to really think about that. I used to think that every, like, person who got a black belt needed to have, a, like, some MMA experience, you know? And that's why I fought MMA, because I wanted to see how my grappling would do with strikes. And now that I think about it more, like, from different perspectives, it's like I'm, I'm thinking about one of my students right now, Scully. He's 60 years old, and he's a brown belt. And he's never fought MMA, but he's also boxed before, you know? So, yeah. like, he, he was a high-level boxer. So, like – he kind of like comes to my mind. It's like, man, I don't want to see that guy going out there competing. Well, he knows how to deal with strikes. Yeah, know? like exactly. some of these guys don't. It's just we've lost the self defense to it. I, and I'm not even saying they got to fight. 
MMA, but it, it still goes back to that part, you know, do you know how to disarm someone with a knife? That And they go, man, the best thing to do is run. You can't always run, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I think that also comes down to, if we're like just talking about self-defense in general, I think that comes down to the fact that we shouldn't be one-dimensional in general, you know? Like we all need no. to know how to, it, and it's the same thing I talk about like with cops and stuff like that. It's like, you need to be able to box, you need to be able to do wrestling, you need to be able to do jujitsu, and you need to be able to deal with firearms, you know? So like, I mean, fuck, I, I'm sponsored by a fucking ammo company. Like, I yeah. fucking carry it all the time, you know? So it's like, if a guy has a knife, I have a fucking gun, you know? <laughs> so, oh yeah, yeah, that's my shit. But yeah, I, I do think we need to be able to deal with strikes, deal with weapons and stuff like that, because I think Tom posted something about that too. He's like, best oh, defense yeah. is running away. But like, if it comes down to it, like, yes, I'm going to take that fucking knife from you. I might get stabbed a couple times. You're not going to fucking kill me. I'm going to get that knife and I'm going to kill you first, you know? Yeah, it will, man. It's like I said, it, it's a long thing, but it, it, a lot of it's dependent on where you get cut at, and a lot of that you can control, and and then you're able to, you know. But it's it's just stuff that people should should know, and and just like with cops in general, like how in the hell they are not made to learn jujitsu is beyond me. Yeah, like especially in today's time. Do, like there is so many black belts that just do so much, uh, like uh, charity stuff. They would gladly go and teach these guys, but it, and I mean, and here's the thing too: it come and not, and I'm not trying to get off the subject of what we're on, but it's a sad thing. Like if I have a bad day, or you have a bad day, and you have like a mental episode, or not even just like us, or just like um, you know some, you know, just muscled up big person. We shouldn't have to get shot just because they can't control us. Yeah. They should. I mean, there's nothing wrong with us. We just had, you know, a, a moment of dementia or so. You know, because stuff like that happens. Maybe somebody accidentally took some sort of wrong kind of medicine or what have you, or maybe it's some young kid who made a mistake and took uh, some hallucinogenics. It's just huge. They shouldn't have to get shot. Yeah, you should have to control them. I mean, we're. Now, don't get me wrong. If it's a life or death situation, yeah, but you just don't go sh straight for lethal force. Yeah, 100%, dude. I totally agree. And, like, this is something that, like, I train cops for free. And when I made that video, I had two cops come in. One of them quit. One of them still trains, you know. And I'm half a mile from the police station. And my firearms coach is constantly trying to train the cops for free. There's something yeah. about, and part of it is, like it's not mandated and two, they don't make a shit ton of money, but like there is something about a laziness or like an entitlement. A lot of cops have, you know, they don't want to get out of their comfort zone. It's, the other thing I see it too is in military guys. Like, I don't know about you, but I, I know so many military guys that came in to try a class and they only made it a month because their ego couldn't take the fact that they weren't yeah. top dog, you know? So th that's a problem as well. But I tell them all the time. It's like, look, we're lucky that most of the jujitsu schools around here are really good people, but there are some fucking MMA gyms that are filled with assholes and fucking criminals, and they're really well trained. What are you gonna do when they cause problems and you have to detain them? Are you gonna fucking shoot them because you're you're sure as hell not gonna fucking get them down and cuff them? Yeah, that's a that's a whole other subject, and it's like another thing too. They'll go for the batons or whatever, or the extendable uh, sticks or whatever. And they don't even know how to properly use them. And most of the time, you see them get them taken away and they get hit with them. It's yeah. Just unsafe for everyone. 
Yeah, man, it, it sucks because like there's no right answer. It needs to be a systematic reform on all this stuff. But like I'll say it again and I'll keep saying it. It's like if you're a police officer and you're not training your boxing, wrestling, grappling, and firearms a couple times a week, and it sounds like a lot, but like, you know, a couple hours, four hours a week, you know, you, you get fucking 24 hours in a day, four hours a week of training. You need to be doing that at a minimum to stay ready. And if you're not, you're not only doing yourself a disservice, you're doing the community a disservice. And like, we all want to see you guys go home safe. You know, we want to fucking yeah. go home safe too. So it's like, if you're not doing it, you're just fucking lazy, you know? Well, I think um, just like I haven't seen for the most part because, you know, we're, we're pretty much real with each other. Like 90, probably 95% of the people I seen go into jujitsu, it made them better people. Yeah. So. Yeah. And they, they talk about the douchebag filter. I'd say probably 90%, just like you, I've seen they've become better people. It weeds out the assholes. But there are you do have to be a little careful because there are some environments with fucking douchebags. And we see it all the time. Instructors raping their students and fucking like grooming their students. If you find one of those and a douchebag comes in, it's like a fucking douchebag multiplier. You know, like you take a piece of shit and you teach them how to break somebody's arm. Like, but that, that's a whole other fucking problem, you know, but yeah, 90% of yeah. the time it fucking makes people better people. So you kind of talked about jujitsu with strikes and stuff like that. I know for a while you were talking about going back to MMA and you were talking about it again. Is that still something you kind of have on your mind? Man, um, I kind of came to an epiphany with everything. You can never say never for anything, but I don't have – because, man, once I get to where I feel like I can no longer compete like in the pro divisions, I guess, um, I'm not going to just dive in – and I'm not – and this is my own personal decision. I'm not shitting on anybody else. So, yeah. so everybody's path is different. But at this point, I do not plan on, um, you know, exclusively competing in my age division or whatever. So at that time, I'll probably just focus on on teaching. And, you know, I've been really active over the last 20 years. So I'm not ready for a break anytime soon. But when it comes, it probably will be permanent and i'll just focus on like teaching and training you know yeah that makes sense man now how much because you're under the blast now how much of that has how much of him has helped your mental game you know because i know like you're in kentucky he's in in jersey and you train at uh gracie owensboro which josh is also under the blast so it's not like you get to train with him every day but like i know you guys talk a lot like how much of that has really helped your competitive mindset man um beforehand like uh you know you hear stuff about everyone but i'll i'll tell you this about tom like man he pretty much cares about everyone like if you're with him he i mean don't get me wrong he's gonna if he believes he's right on something i mean he's one of those guys he he don't care to like you know clap somebody in the face or whatever it's just how tom is but like dude there's not a better like there's not a better person more real person like i love the guy and I, yeah. you know, know very little of him, but just the the dealings I've had with him talking to me and everything, man. He's and we've had some pretty deep conversations. He's a like he he's a good person. Like I and I won't, you know, I'm I'm won't say that about a whole lot of people. Like he's he's golden, man. I really think a lot of Tom. 
Yeah, so when, when I saw that that you went under him, I thought that was a good thing immediately because you guys both came from that same generation, you know. So like he knows the stuff that you've gone through coming up, and he's he just seems to have a really good way of talking to people and finding an, a, a way to bring the best out of people, you know. Well, and also that, and uh, this is the first time within jujitsu, you know. I've always worked with Gokor and stuff, but this like Tom's game's pretty similar to my own like with the deep half the half yep. i mean don't get me wrong he's like a juggernaut man a lot of that stuff i'm just too little like i'm like little midget him or something i can't do that stuff because he's like gigantic you know like he can give up an underhook and he's perfectly fine with it if i do that i'm screwed you know yeah. so i you know we got some different games but i definitely learned like a, a whole lot off of his half guard systems in his framing like i use a lot of his framing a, a lot and you know just from different positions it's really helped me like i've like recently i feel like i've made some huge jumps in my like reverse hill hooks my uh straights and uh my deep half and you know i credit a lot to you know a lot of what i've learned from josh and what you learned from him yeah that that's really cool and like it it says a lot about somebody's half guard game that you've learned something from it. Cause dude, you're a fucking half guard master. Like you've been playing half guard since before it was fucking cool, you know? And the fact that you could pick something up from the blast and stuff, and I'm sure he's picking stuff up for you as well. Like it just seems like a really fucking great melding of the minds. But you, you talked about how big Tom is and you're not the biggest heavyweight. You got a fucking big guy coming up here at Sapatero. Like oh, Chad, yeah. Chad's pretty fucking big, man. Like, and we, we kind of hit on it. In the beginning, you went from heavyweight all the way down to 55. You were talking about 45 at one point. I remember that. And yeah. now, then you went back up to like 85, and now you're back up to heavyweight, 205. What made you want to settle in at heavyweight, and what do you think about this match with Chad? Well, originally, what I, I don't know if everybody's been watching my progression, but I've been slowly trying to build up. And my main goal was to make one – if I could win trials one more time, I would be happy. I'm going back to the weight class that I want at to begin with. Uh, physically, I'm in a ton better shape now, even though it's over a decade later. But, uh, um, you know, I, I feel better at heavyweight. I, I enjoy, uh, you know, being able to lift. I enjoy being able to eat. You know, I just can't eat completely like crap. But anytime when you're coming up, it it's just part of it. You're going to get a little bit of fat along with it so but i'm happy i mean i feel like i'm healthy my cardio is good my, you know my wrestling and stuff is not bad so dude that'd be pretty fucking epic if a decade later you won in the same weight class that you originally won in like and like i can just imagine the side-by-side picture because i see i've seen the picture of you when you won last time like you said you're yeah. fucking holy poly you know but like seeing you now like I could just imagine it standing there on the podium first place and putting it side by side with the one. Cause that was 2011. You won 2010. Right? Yeah. 2010. Yeah. 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 I, I can imagine the fucking side by side, like 10 years later, you fucking won it again. That'd be pretty fucking epic. Yeah. It'll be in New Jersey the same. So like I, like I said, I placed third before and then like uh, I let, I won my first match and I lost to Stefan Martinez. Um, oh yeah. He's, he's good. And, uh, I guess that was 2014. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2014, um, and I haven't competed in it since. But um, man, I I mean, I feel like I'm dangerous. Like I watch uh, Tim Spriggs. I think he's very good, but I I mean that I, I match up bad against him. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a good matchup for you. I, we I'm, we saw what Craig did to him too, so that's a good match for you. Yeah, I mean, and I have a lot of respect for Tim. It's nothing, you know. It's nothing like that, but you know, I just. I mean, man, I got to win. I don't know how else to put it. Like, that's my goal. That's the whole reason putting on size coming up. You know, I wasn't just eating cheeseburgers and, and everything. You know, I ate some of them, of course. I'm not saying that. But, like, I've been lifting like crazy and stuff. Been, like, busting my ass trying to get uh, stronger where I can, you know, be competitive in this division and not just be overpowered. Yeah, hundred percent. So before we get back to the, the Sapatero match, let's talk about your strength and conditioning a little bit because you've hit on it a few times. Like, what does your strength and conditioning look like? How many days a week are you lifting? Like, what do you do? Well, uh, this quarantine kind of slowed down things a lot, but I have a bunch of uh, free weights and kettlebells. So I've been doing, you know, I've been doing a bunch of dumbbells primarily. Now I, you know, I'm able to lift again. I'm back in the gym for the last couple weeks, but I was still able to put on size, so I was happy about that. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll just depending because my job's pretty physical. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I'll do some like pretty crazy stuff there that I'll count as a workout, and I won't even try to to lift that day. But but yeah, like I'll uh, um, I'll normally condition on a bike, um, you know, ride four or five miles, whatever, and then you know lift. And always, if I can, I try to lift before I row, where I have to rely just on technique. Nice. Yeah, that's a good thing. Then you told me you were lifting some pretty fucking heavy weight. Like you hit me up the other day and said your deadlift was like over five forty five or something like that. Um, no, like I got a. What it was is after I got done training, I was pretty tired and stuff, and I was just wanting to see what I could get. I got five fifteen pretty easy. That's pretty fucking insane after training. I, yeah, dude. Like especially like because like you're big, but. You walk around like a fucking old man. So like see, I feel like an old <laughs> <laughs> But like I just thinking about you deadlifting five over five hundred pounds with your fucking frame, that's fucking insane, man. Like that's some scary and that kind of goes back to like the breaking mechanics on the leg locks too. Like the breaking pressure comes from that deadlifting motion, man. So like I can't imagine because I know you have a shit ton of leg breaks. I can't imagine if somebody was being stubborn on you now, like how quick that shit would snap. Um I don't know. I hope uh, I hope they would tap. And I know some people think that I purposely. I don't know, man. That people are idiots. Like, man, I've I cut like Go Core taught me a long time ago. Now this can be looked at good or bad, but you give people one chance to tap. If they don't take it, it's on them. And that's why I go very aggressively into the submission. But the window may be small, but I'll always give somebody a chance to tap, especially in a reverse heel hook. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I remember specifically when you were in that 185 division in Kentucky, like that first match, like you gave that kid, I don't even remember the guy's name, but you gave him a lot of chances to tap. And then you applied, it crackled, you let it release a little bit so he could tap, and he wouldn't. You fucking applied it again. And like some people are just too dumb, you know? Yeah, I felt really bad because he was young, but at the same time, I mean, it's a pro division. You got to – it's like we've talked about before. Um, if you don't want to break people's stuff, you don't want to win. 
you know, yeah. don't don't do this. Like, here's the thing: if I get my stuff broken, and I've and I've been mangled, man, I've had some some things happen, but it was on me. It's my own fault. So I can't say he's going to get his own karma. I've already had this karma. I've already had the bad stuff happen. You know, it's just it's the hurt game. Sometimes you, you know, luckily I've had enough sense to tap when I've you know been in some very bad positions. Just like if when you watched Doral hook me up on a reverse heel hook, I didn't play with. Yeah, I knew I was caught. Other things, yeah, I will let my feet pop a little. You know, I think everybody does, but it's just depending. I've came um, out of a lot of positions and ended up leg locking them where my foot popped. So it's, you know, I think that's with everyone. Yeah, speaking of Rao, I remember when uh, him and Josh were in the finals of that 85 division and Rao got him that inside. Joe went over to him after. He's like, hey, Josh, you okay? He's like, yeah, I don't fucking play with insides, though. No, you can't, man. Yeah. Yeah, and you said it too. Like you've been mangled before, so I think, especially with the young guys, they it sucks, but they have to kind of go through that where they get their shit snapped a couple times before they smarten up, you know? Because so many of them are just filled with piss and vinegar and fucking want to go after everybody. Like sometimes you just got to learn the hard way, you know? Well, I tell um, just like I was talking to my wife, um, I was like, the number one rule that you cannot do is look at them to see their facial expression because never assume that they're going to tap you're going to break their leg or just locate their joint you're never going to look at their face to see if they're going to tap now don't get me wrong if i'm doing like a like you know uh like a grappling industries or you know some sort of tournament like that and i know a guy's pretty green and i've caught him and i know i've got him man i'm going to be pretty slow about how i do yeah. it and i might even say something to him like yeah you need to tap you know but it, it's the difference. So like when you're like a, a black belt or, or somebody in a pro division, like, dude, that's on you. I'm not saying that to you. You know, if you get your stuff busted, it's your fault. The same as it would be mine if I let mine. Yeah, 100%. All right, so before I let you go, let's talk about this title fight coming up. This is your second <laughs> shot at a Sapatero title and this time at heavyweight and uh you and chad have been like you were supposed to grapple a few times it kind of never happened and yeah. now we get to do it down here for the heavyweight title in sapatero and he just switched teams like i forget where he was before i think it was uh roberto Traven before but yeah. now he's got a fight sports like that's a pretty solid team you know and he's a fucking big guy so what do you think of going into that match um man they're gonna have some good things uh but what i do um like, man, I, I can't do what they do, but uh, at the same time, a lot of my setups and stuff, it, it can't be replicated. So, um, you know, he's got a great team. It, I, it's going to be a very tough match. Uh, you know, I respect Chad a lot, but, you know, I feel like I'm going to get the finish. So, so know. what does winning a Sapatero title mean to you? Because I know we've talked about it before. Like, it, it's been one that you wanted to get on your mantle. And I got a fucking nice belt coming for this one. So, like, what's it mean to you not only to win a major title for, like, one of the major sub-only promotions, but also in the adult division? Man, it, it's a big deal for me because, especially with this, this is kind of a, a you know, it's, it's kind of a loaded answer here. Like, you know, I get to show the, in my mind – if I'm able to do this and be successful, which I have every intention of being, you know, all respect to him, but I get to show that, you know, hill hooks work on anybody regardless of size. Um, and, uh, you know, 
so I get to sh show that and also like, man, this is kind of the leg lock deal. This is one of the few things I care about. You know, I know that sounds bad, but I never cared about an IBJJF world title. Like, I mean, that I don't, I don't really, you know, the gi, I, I think it's a really big deal. No gi, I do, I still think it's a big deal. But after that, man, they got too many divisions for too many different champions. Um, now, some of those guys are, are super, super tough, especially at black belt. Every division, every one is tough. You switch down to brown belt, you go Masters 2. At brown belt, a lot of those guys will lose in the blue belt uh, division of the adult there. So it, it's kind of hard to take it real serious, you know, unless you're at black belt. So, um, you know, it it's just – this is something that I – you know, I've wanted it a long time. It's one of the few things I've wanted. No, and I will admit it. I tried not to say, like, you know, am I going to win an EBI title or whatever? Very doubtful. You know, I think I'm dangerous for anyone. Like, you know, if they come out and hand me their leg, you know, I'll, I'll twist it in two. But that's, you know, typically not going to happen. I, I, I feel like this is achievable and, you know, it would be a huge deal for me to win it. Yeah, and, and you talked about EBI, like – that's the other thing right now is there's no more EBI. You know, it's combat jiu-jitsu. So somebody asked me too, it's like, what do you think like the title to win in sub only is? And I mean, with EBI gone, it's got to be either this or finishers, you know, like we're the only two shows running like the EBI you. rules, you, you know, and then a fight to win's the other one, you know, like fight to win, but that's not EBI rules, you know, that's sub no. only. And dude, their titles are fucking, we saw Barboza and Hulk, or uh, sorry, Barboza and, uh, what's his name, uh, Lovato and your card go at it. So like, that's another thing that I'd love to see you do is get a shot at that, at that master's white belt title, you know, especially at heavyweight. Cause like, that's, that's another one I think you could fucking win and have a good time with it. But yeah, man, I'm excited to have you and chat on there. It's gonna be a good time. Yeah, man. He, like I said, good dude, nothing but respect, but I mean, gotta take his leg. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. He knows what I'm going to do. I, I know he's going to try to smash on me, maybe look for the overtime. Maybe not. I don't know. But yeah, That's the interesting you know, thing about this match is we both know what both of you are going to do. You're going to try to leg lock him, and he's going to try to smash you and try to probably take an arm or something like that, you know? So, like, it's it's who gets to impose their game plan. So it's going to be a fun one to watch. And if it comes down to it, uh, you know, like, if it, even if this was just on jiu-jitsu terms, I do feel my jiu-jitsu without the leg locks is stronger. But I don't know what he's picked up there. Maybe he's gotten better than than what before. But you now, do I feel like I can sweep him? Do I feel like I can pass his guard, take his back? Of course. If it, I doubt it's going to take that route. We know what route it's going to go. But he's very strong. He's uh, very dangerous. But you know, I'm very motivated and um, had a lot of big wins and stuff. So, uh, I, you know, I just I feel confident I'm going to take it. Sweet, man. All right, Joe, I'm going to let you go, man. Thanks for coming on right. here and talking with me a little bit, bud. Congrats again on all the wins, man, and I'll see you soon. All right. Thank you, brother. I right, see you, dude. All right. That was the man, Joe Bays. So very excited. He's going up against Chad Fields, who I'm having on tomorrow on the podcast to get his take on the match. It's going to be July 18th down here in Palmetto, Florida. Sapatero Invitational. We're also having the 155 qualifying division. Um, so – that's exciting, and a 16-man open weight tournament on that card. Right now, there's only 50 spectator tickets. you got to go to eventbrite.com to get them and get them before they sell out because I'm not taking 51. I'm taking 50, and that's it. So um, this is going to happen 100%.
Right now we got fans. If things get worse, I'll remove the fans. And through Eventbrite, it's going to be very easy for you guys to get refunds. So go ahead and get your tickets now while you get the chance. I'll be back tomorrow at 2 p.m. with Chad Fields. He is the other side of the Sapatero heavyweight title. Very excited to talk with him. Fight sports black belt now. He was under Roberto Travin, and uh, he's very successful. And we're looking forward to talking to him tomorrow and get his thoughts on the match as well. So until then, go check out the sponsors, Nogi Nation and Liberty Ammunition. Buy some shit because, you know, they're a good company and they pay me. So thank you. I'll see you guys soon. Stay safe. Bye.